guys, welcome back to Kindled. I'm your host, Haley. So today I am sharing with you a conversation that I had with Michael Moore, but you may know him better as the Honest Youth Pastor. That's his Instagram handle. So I had Michael on Kindled to talk with him about evaluating sermons. Uh, This is something that he does over on his YouTube channel. He does sermon reviews. Um, So he's had a lot of practice, and I wanted to pick his brain about um, what does solid and sound in biblical preaching look like, what does it not look like, Um, and just kind of talk to him about that topic. To be clear, though, up front, I just want to say that this is not being done in the spirit of, you know, giving you ammunition to then go to your pastor and listen with a critical, criticizing ear and send him a laundry list of all your critiques. That is certainly not my hope or not Michael's hope with with anything that we say here today, um, which I think is evident. But the point is so that we can all learn what to look for in preaching, how to make sure we are actually gleaning the most out of a sermon to make sure that we're holding everyone, even our favorite go-to theologians and pastors and speakers and teachers, holding all of them to the standard of God's word, to the same standard of faithfulness to scripture, um, which can be hard because we find our people we love and we just kind of um, maybe stop being as uh, discerning or and listening as closely, perhaps, to the things they say. And that is a dangerous spot to be in because then it is very easy for false teaching to seep in. And so the hope is just that you can sharpen your own skills and maybe even just kind of get some insight into how Michael listens to sermons and um, and looks looks at them from his point of view as someone who kind of does this a ton and has um, a lot of experience Um, knowing how to kind of break down a sermon and evaluate whether it has been faithful to God's word or not. So before we get started, just want to remind you to leave a rating and review if you have not. Subscribe to the podcast so you get all of the new episodes and join us inside our Firestarters community on the Locals app at kindledpodcast.locals.com. It is $10 a month to join. You get a new episode every single Friday. So they are 30 minutes or less and they air exclusively on the Locals app. And now that we're in spring, I will remind you that I take a break every summer from publishing Kindled episodes. But every summer, I do not take a break from Firestarters. So um, I will be producing for still a couple more months here. Um, publishing every single Monday on Kindled. But once summer hits, I take a break from Kindled and um, just spend time with my kids who will obviously be home for summer break. And uh, so if you want to get new content from me, you'll have to join us inside the Firestarters community at kindledpodcast.locals.com. Okay, that is it. So here's my conversation with Michael Moore. Michael, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for inviting me. Appreciate it. So for anyone listening who uh, is not familiar, can you tell us who you are and what you do? Yes. So uh, my name is Michael and I run a a page that has a lot of memes on it. So I don't know if I'd classify it as a meme page, mm-hmm. uh, but basically just breaking uh, more theological topics down into memes and discussions. And that's basically uh, what we do. And for whatever reason, people are there for it. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you do take complex theological discussions and really boil it down to like a simple, easy to digest or, you know, sort of a commentary on that idea sometimes with the meme. And like you said, it it has taken off. I mean, you have a large audience. How many followers do you have? Um, right now, I think it's around 145. So or 145K. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it obviously has struck a chord and and a lot of people um, have responded really well to the way that you talk about these tough issues. Uh, and how did you, I'm just curious, how did you get started in doing that? So I've had this page for eight years um, and it started as a way for me to vent about a church transition I was going through, um, which ironically sort of connects to what we're going to talk about today. But um, so it was, I just needed a place to kind of get a bunch of stuff off my chest about the church and that's how it started. And then mm-hmm. it just has sort of developed into this thing that it is now basically the really short version is when I started seeing people kind of, uh, relating to the church hurt sort of situation and then mm-hmm. just kind of connecting with the memes a bit and it started growing. I thought, well, 
I should probably say something of some value. If, if people are going to listen, I shouldn't just waste mm -hmm. their time. I believe it was probably one comment that really set me off on that was that they were like, you have a large following. And at that point, I don't know how much it was, but you know, you're going to have to, you're going to be held account for everything you say to these people mm -hmm. whenever you stand for God. And I was like, mm -hmm. That's a valid point, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So I should probably do something with that. And then that's kind of when the switchover happened. And now it just, um, it is what it is. So, yeah, oh, that's really cool. Uh, so I wonder if they were saying that in like a accusatory way, but it actually probably, to, yeah, probably <laughs> that's uh, those comments. It's have the a, internet. Yeah. yeah, it is the internet. It's yeah. You, you know, they're going to be there, but yeah, there's certain ones that just, you know, never leave. Um, so another thing that you do in addition to the memes is you do sermon reviews and yeah. you will, you have a YouTube channel where you will, you know, play a sermon and then respond point by point to, um, what the person's saying and, uh, you know, kind of critique and offer a comparison of what, you know, what they're saying to what scripture says and kind of evaluate, help people kind of evaluate, is this biblical? Is it not? Um, how did you get into doing that? So I kind of already, it, it kind of came from a little bit of that church transition I was talking about as far as the pastor, one of the pastors we had had left and we got a new pastor and his style was totally different. And I had heard, you know, his style before, but when I hadn't ever sat underneath that type of preaching consistently, I just kind of heard it here and there. And there were a lot of things that were coming up in his sermons that are like, what in the world? Like, this isn't at all what the text says. Where is he getting this from? Um, and then one day I actually... Um, I don't know how I came across it, but basically he had taken a Stephen Furtick sermon almost word for word and preached that. And I thought, this is nuts. Um, and it really got me thinking, okay, well, I, I if I'm going to be sitting under something like this, I need to really invest in like looking mm -hmm. into it a lot more. I hadn't really ever had to worry about that before. Um, and then even after we'd left that church, um, I sort of just did it as a hobby. My commute for my job has always been incredibly long, anywhere from like an hour to an hour and a half. And I was like, I got a lot of time here, so I should probably mm -hmm. redeem that time with something productive. And I had just done it. And I remember, I mean, it was probably three years ago, three and a half years ago, I brought it up on the page and I was like, hey, does anybody else do this? Like, would anybody else be interested in this being a thing? And some people were like, yeah, sure. And I just started it. And because uh, I was already doing it. And now I was just kind of recording it for everyone else. Mm -hmm. And um, it's taken off in uh, a, a little way in regards to people. I, I was just like, I'll throw it out there. If I'm already doing it, I'll just throw it out there for other people. And mm -hmm. oddly enough, um, some people have found it helpful. So yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I think that um, it's not surprising to me that people find it helpful because they're, you know, there's a lot of things that are being said. And there's so many ways now for us to hear messages from all over the world. I mean, obviously in the, in the palm of our hand, we could listen to any given sermon from any given preacher or pastor at the just press of a button or swipe of a thumb. And that has proliferated a lot of truth and a lot of lies. And so yeah. it's very accessible. It's easy to hear so many different things. And when you're on a phone screen where everything looks the same. And often the thing that is not true is actually looks more attractive and is there are bigger audiences and better lights and sound systems and, you know, more beautiful backgrounds associated with those people and large followings. Then it's, it becomes harder to discern. Like, am I the wait? Am I the one that's wrong? Because like, Hmm, that doesn't seem to be as popular of a message or the, the pastor or preacher that I follow doesn't have those kinds of, you know, followers. And so just the way that people evaluate things as what is true and what is not is often not actually done according to the Bible, but all these other factors. Would you agree? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I think a lot of the discussions I've had with people that um, were kind of that have sat under a certain type of preaching for a while and have never really thought about it, whether it be, I mean, whether it was in my situation where I had kind of been under more of a, a working through the scripture expositional type of preaching, or they had just all they had ever heard about before was topical preaching. They didn't even know there was another way. Yeah. And just, you know, talking to those people and being like, okay, there's this other thing out here. And I think honestly, what really the channel took off a lot kind of during COVID when everybody was online, everybody was watching sermons online. Like that was just kind of that everybody's default mode at that point. And um, that it really came apparent when I was talking to people that I worked with or that I interacted with during my day, that some of these people 
like there was one lady that I interacted with. She's like, I don't even know if we're going to go back to church. We'll just watch Elevation every day or every Sunday at mm-hmm. home because we can stream it. My kids like it. And I was like, whoa, okay, that red flag. <laughs> like people are just relying mm-hmm. on this far too much um, yeah. and not understanding that like, again, like you said, like the music's there, the whole thing's there, the whole series is there. A lot of these campuses have like e e groups that you can get online with. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, yeah. And then people fall into that and they're not, really thinking through, I think a lot of what they're hearing. So, yeah. So, um, the thing that made me want to reach out to you and, and have a conversation about this was, you know, whenever you share a sermon review, there's always, there's always some, there's always people who appreciate it and like what you're saying and are like, thank you so much. And then there's always, of course, dissenters, people who are pushing back, like, well, why are you picking apart this guy's message? And just to be clear, Mm -hmm. like you don't, you don't only review people that disagree with, right? No, I purposefully work in people that I think do really well um, yeah. for that reason, because mm-hmm. um, there's, there are a lot of um, channels out there that do similar things. A lot of them that I saw, and the reason I do the format I do, just so, I mean, if somebody's watching this or listening yeah. to this and they don't know the format, I purposely start at the beginning and then just walk all the way through it. Yeah. Um, I'm not taking clips because what I, a lot of what I saw online were people taking clips and just kind of discussing that clip. And I was like, okay, that's great. But what was like said before and after that? Like maybe mm-hmm. this isn't what they meant. Um, so the whole reason I do what I do is I take the whole thing and we just walk through as much as we can in an hour and then we stop it. And then I mm-hmm. encourage whoever is watching or listening to this, I provide the link so you can go finish it just so mm-hmm. in case maybe they do do better at the end or maybe there's more you can learn from it but yeah i don't want to one of the specific reason that i do people that i think are really good is so that it does have that mix in there that it's not Mm -hmm. hey i want to pick on this guy i just want to say hey what should we be looking for i'm not here to tear them down i'm just like okay well yeah but this is an issue like i don't care Mm -hmm. if it's this guy or the guy down the street like whoever does it this way it's still an issue right Right. And yeah, I, I, what you, what I was going to say was that I think, um, it revealed to me when I saw some of those comments, you know, it just struck me differently one day when I was looking at it, like people have real loyalty, you know, to the pastors that they really like the speakers they really like. And, and that is, that is dangerous. That's, that's a scary thing when you are so Mm -hmm. loyal to a human being. And so, you just, you really do not want to see any wrong. You are so resistant to any criticism of that person that you, it's like you forgot they are a sinful human being. They, even if they're a Christian, they're still capable of error. They're still capable of getting it wrong or misinterpreting the text or cherry picking or anything. I mean, and mm-hmm. I think, you know, sound pastors would be the first to, to say that, you know, the first to say like, don't take my word for it. Like look at God's word and, and hopefully are teaching their congregations how to do that and how to read scripture in context and, and all of these things and, and preaching ex- expositionally so that we learn how to see how that's done, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw that a lot, that there's a lot of favoritism and it's like people want to cheer when you're picking apart the, their enemy, their ideological foe, but they're like, whoa, bro, like what's wrong with you? Like, what's, why do you got a bone to pick with these people whenever it's the person they like, you know? And then suddenly they're yeah. like, I don't really like your page. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that happens a lot. So what will end up happening is, is, so I've described it to a lot of people as like a kind of a, you know, the, the train wreck on the side of the road situation. So typically if you just go look at all the videos, the views that I have the most views on the videos are, are the pop, the pastors that, you know, depending on what circle Mm -hmm. you're in, you like, or you don't like, and the ones that are lower are always the ones that are the really well done sermons that you really, Mm -hmm. I would prefer you to see those like, um, because everybody wants the train wreck. Nobody wants to sit there and be like, Oh, that was a good sermon. I need, you know, that's what good preaching looks like. Um, I always, whenever I do the good ones, I'm like, this isn't going to get the views it needs, but here we are again. So, because everybody wants to see, you know, the, the one that they know that the person they don't like that, you know, Oh, Mm -hmm. well, he's going to pick at everything bad about them, but they do. I, I think it's, on a much more magnified level as like a small town church pastor would be that. I mean, I'm sure everybody maybe has an example of this. I have a couple where this small town pastor, everybody loves him and he moves from this church to another church and then everybody goes with him. And really what we see on the internet is just the magnified to the 10th degree, that same thing. Mm -hmm. 
that people won't attend their a local church because they you know like judas judas smith or stephen Furtick or um i mean some people i mean not so much but in the same regard people do the same sort of thing to like john MacArthur and those sorts of mm-hmm. people so it's i think it's one of those things where everybody has to be really cognizant of like okay that you know like you said that person isn't necessarily you know they're not they can err they can they can mm-hmm. misrepresent something they can misinterpret it and that's where i think it really is important for us as we're listening to whoever you're listening to 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 sit down and take good notes and actually go along and follow along in the bible mm-hmm. now i mean there's obviously pastors that i i would say you don't have to worry about as much but you still yeah. need to be careful about it mm-hmm. um because you can get in that kind of mentality of like well they're always going to be right and then you kind of lull yourself back a bit where you can i mean it's one of those things where i think we all have to be very cognizant Mm -hmm. whether it be our local church or online that we've we've got our bibles open and we're actually following if you are a small business owner or an entrepreneur who is launching a business or maybe needing a website redesign then check this out Websites are expensive and custom websites are even more expensive. But what if you could spend just a thousand dollars and get a beautiful, professionally designed, customized site that would help you get your business off the ground, legitimize you to customers, help you get the word out and start building your business instead of dumping five, seven, even $10,000 into a custom website. Well, that is the product that I have developed. It's called the 1K website. It is a single page fully customized, beautiful, and functional site that I create for you with your brand colors, your aesthetic, your logo, all of the things. This is something I'm really excited to be able to offer because I know it's something that a lot of people need and maybe just didn't think was possible. So if you want to chat more about that, check out my website, hwilliamscreative.com or shoot me an email, Haley, H-A-L-E-Y at hwilliamscreative.com. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I mean, I experienced that because I, my husband and I started at a church, um, right after we got married and we've been married almost 11 years. Um, and we were at that church for almost a decade and we very much, it started out really biblical, really sound expositional preaching, but along with the culture, you know, in about 2015, 2016, they started to drift a little more towards, um, preaching, you know, social justice sermons. And they really got on that bandwagon. Um, they never explicitly announced it, but now looking back, I see all kinds of little red flags that at the time I just didn't have the discernment to notice. And, you know, I really, I really got lulled to sleep and then, you know, was taught the Enneagram and was taught all kinds of things through this church, you know, and was in small group leadership. And again, just think, thought, Oh, like I'm so privileged to get this information and all the while was being indoctrinated with these things that were, were not helping me in my faith and were not helping me grow or know God better or mature spiritually at all. But that's why I'm saying, like, I, I really believe that it, we need to always be discerning truthful from lie and rightly dividing, um, those things. And even if we think we are in a sound church, like remembering that our pastor is just a human and he is capable of getting it wrong. He's capable of sinning. And, and hopefully he'd be the first to admit that to you. I know mine would, Mm -hmm. and would say, look at the text. Like you, you better hope your pastor always has his Bible open and is getting back to the text, you know? Um, and even just on that note, like I did a, a, a teaching group, this, I was part of a group of six women at my church that were taken through some curriculum from the Simeon trust where we were taught how to um, teach the Bible for women's ministry. And so, and one of the sermon evaluation form, like critique boxes, one of, one of the uh, items was how quickly they get back to the text. And it was like, Oh, wow. I mean, yikes. I really, I really better make sure that I'm not trailing. I'm not taking this scripture and then trailing off to my own agenda of what I want to say using scripture. This is about rightly teaching God's word, you know, to, to others, to, in my case, women or for your pastor to the congregation. But, you know, that should be, that should be what's happening. That is what need that that's what needs to be happening. And so often we find ourselves in a church where the pastor is, you know, in my case, like I, like I was describing, like where the pastor was using God's word for his own agenda. He was taking verses 
um, out of context. He was preaching more. He started doing more topical sermons. He started really having, it was like, he had something he wanted to say and he would find scriptures to support his point. And so you thought, you know, I mean, I, in my spiritual, like immaturity, I guess, just thought it's, this is still a Bible teaching Bible believing church. Cause he's using scripture, you know, he's littering scripture all throughout the sermon and quotes from Charles Spurgeon. And I just thought this is great. Like, it's so great. It's so on point, but, but he wasn't rightly dividing truth. And, and for that reason, like the church really drifted. And so I just, I see that happening so, so much, uh, right now. I don't know why it's, yeah. I mean, I guess well, we do know why it's happening, but <laughs> one of the things I've noticed, the more of these I've done, cause so this is almost two years into doing them every week. And one of the things that I've noticed is that happens a lot. So one mm-hmm. of the, the most common things that I see is it'll start off really good. I mean, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll start off in scripture. In some cases, like the con the context is all there at the beginning mm-hmm. and then almost always 15 minutes in or so it'll take like this crazy left turn Mm -hmm. and then it'll go off on basically what you described. It'll be some sort of uh, story or some sort of long exposition of some sort of point that the pastor kind of basically just use the text as a jumping board to get into the pool that he really wanted to get in. Yes. And, um, and when you talk to people, that's, that's the thing that I think a lot of people just don't look for. And Mm -hmm. I, I love that point you made as far as how quickly do we get back? Because almost never, do they get back to the main text? Right. It was, it was something that was there as, and I don't know if it's intentional. I, I, again, I don't like judging people's hearts on it, but mm-hmm. one of the things that I see is that it almost seems as it's included as sort of a, okay, we've checked off, we've read the Bible part of church and now we'll get into the other thing that I want to yeah. do. And occasionally, like you said, there will be verses sprinkled in there, but it's not, it's not cross-referencing verses in a way that says, Hey, these are pointing back to the main point. It's always, here's one more stick to prop up the thing I'm talking about. And if we're not careful, I think sometimes, and again, if I don't think we're taught this really very often as far as just saying, okay, well, let's take a note of that. He used James. We'll go home later. We'll say, okay, does, does, does this verse actually go back to what he was talking about? Or is it just some sort of out of context thing to make, some other point and it, it sounded good because he used the bible right so he can't be bad mm-hmm. um and then there's just this idea that oh well it was a biblical sermon because we yeah. used a bunch of bible text and you go right. yeah but that had no what james was saying here has nothing to do with what paul was saying in thessalonians and you've just mishmashed this whole mm-hmm. thing together so yeah and you know i think you're that's that's exactly right that they use it as a springboard. Many pastors um, will use scripture as a springboard to get to, it's like, okay, scripture has now achieved what I needed it to, which was to validate my point and reinforce what I'm trying to say here, you guys. And so now let me make my point to you and, you know, explain how this is what it's saying. And, and, you know, I was taught, I'm obviously a complete novice at this, but I was taught the format of explain, illustrate, apply you know, and with each, with each scripture, you know, uh, you break down like a passage into say like three sections. And so you would explain, illustrate, and apply verses one through three, explain, illustrate, apply four through six, and then same Mm -hmm. with seven through nine. And, um, and what you'll see is that they will explain the scripture, illustrate, like, like you're saying, that's where the springboard happens. They jump Mm -hmm. off in the illustration. Okay. For example, now let me tell you a story. And then it gets into, that's where we kind of veer off into potentially a different, you know, maybe it's even a relevant explanation or illustration and it's relevant to the text. But if, if, if it is, then you'll see them um, veer away in the application. So here's what it means for you. And their application will have more to do with the illustration than the actual text itself. So that's where, you know, they will, they will slowly just, again, it's like almost taking your head and kind of turning your vision this way. You're looking here now, here we go. We're off to that direction. And, um, and I didn't know any of that until the last, you know, six months, I didn't know that that's the format that many pastors use and, and good teachers, um, good speakers use that. I mean, it's, it's everywhere now. And now that I see it, I can't unsee it. And it's been helpful for me to, to recognize that, okay, he's explaining the text right now. Okay. Now he's illustrating it so I can understand it. And then he's going to apply when you see that method or you see that format being used, you can more 
accurately assess, like, is that the application that we should be drawing from this text? Like, Mm -hmm. is that actually what scripture is saying or has he missed the mark, you know, or she have, have they, wherever I'm at hearing a teaching, Mm -hmm. um, have they missed the mark there? Um, and I don't know why so few people talk about that because I, I mean, I'm 34, almost 34 years old and I've been a Christian since I was nine years old. I never learned that structure and, and it's helpful. I, I think some of it is, it really depends on, um, a lot of it depends on probably where they were taught. So, yeah. I mean, one of the, th- and again, when I'm sure that when I was in, in college, they, they maybe taught some of that, but what I remember was it was always hook them at the beginning. It was always read the scripture and then apply, 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 apply. That's all it oh. ever was. Mm. And so depending on, I mean, I didn't learn the structure that I really used to evaluate these sermons, which mm-hmm. is basically the structure you just explained. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't learn that till later. Mm-hmm. So, um, really listening to, I mean, I know everybody hates him. So maybe one of the not first everyone passages. does that. Okay. No. Yeah. And I, I think it's very denominational. Some mm-hmm. of it is just who, where, where are you being taught? Where is your pastor being taught? Mm-hmm. Um, because there are the structure I was initially taught in, in university was, um, was very topical driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. it wasn't expositional. <laughs> um, and that was more of a Wesleyan Methodist background. Um, and it wasn't until I heard Mark Driscoll, which I know everybody hates him, but when I heard him initially, I was like, wow, this is a, this is a different type of thing. Yeah. I had never heard that type before. And then really just hearing more like, again, R.C. Sproul, Matt Chandler-esque, like just that kind of that side of things that I'd never been exposed to before and hearing a different type of preaching. I was yeah. like, wow. Okay. Um, and again, I'm not, I, I try to say this in a lot of the reviews. I'm not against topical preaching. I think it can be useful. Yeah. It's just one of those things that I think it's really easy to get off into the weeds and you're going to have to be, especially as a pastor, very focused in order not to, you know, let your, whatever things are going on in your world affect what you're saying. Um, It would, you're going to have to be very, very focused. Yeah. Um, But again, I think it just really does depend on the preaching you've said under before. And that's kind of what I've got from some of the comments. Some of them are just like, why is this the only way to preach? Well, not. I'm not saying it's the only way to preach. I'm just saying that like this has a lot more mm-hmm. like bunny trails that you can go off into that are simply not helpful and really leave you and your pastor. Again, I don't think half these guys really do it deliberately. I just think no, that right. they've been taught this way. Right. And it just gives you a lot of, it, it gives a lot more doors for your opinion and your thoughts to come in that aren't necessary um, to, to kind of, go off into left field. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, (laughs) you said it's, you're not saying it's the only way way to preach. Obviously it's not the only way to preach because there's lots of ways people preach, but like you said, it does provide just like, you know, just like the American system of uh, democratic Republic is not the only system of government, but it appears that it does the best job of protecting human rights, you know, compared to every other Mm -hmm. country in history. So it's like, we're not saying it's the only way, but we might be saying it's the best way. We might be saying, I will say it's the best way. There are the, there are the most checks and balances here to prevent, uh, that, that abuse of God's word or that leveraging it for our own purposes or that, you know, over application when perhaps what you miss when you apply, apply, apply is the gospel, you know? And, and I see that so often. And that's something that I learned in this course was, you know, to be careful what, what I, my tendency and so many people's tendency. And like you said, they may not be doing it intentionally. I think a lot of people, their heart is in the right place. They just really want to say, what does it mean for us? What does that mean for us today? And so what you do, if you read a text and you just immediately ask that question, well, the answer you get is not necessarily going to be correct because you've actually circumvented the gospel. So if you just read like the Old Testament law, right, and you just ask, what does that mean for us? Well, we shouldn't be eating pork and we should be, you know, X, Y, Z, doing all of these things. Well, that actually isn't necessarily the conclusion you should draw, but you circumvent it, you know. The whole point there is like, if we miss, what does that passage show us about God's standard of holiness and righteousness and how we so could not measure up and thank goodness for Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. And he actually fulfilled the law. He didn't abolish it. He fulfilled it. But, you know, now it, it all, you know where I'm going with that, but there's, mm-hmm. there's a whole different way to preach that 
message that then you can say, what does that mean for us today? Or how do we take that and apply it to our lives? Um, you know, that's a very different conclusion than if you just skip Jesus and you miss the point that you miss the cross in preaching that text and you just take the text and say, well, how do we apply it? And that's what I see a lot of people doing is they just want the application they want because we're, it's a me centered way of reading. It's all about Mm -hmm. what does this mean to me for me? How was God writing this with me in mind? Like, yeah, of course, ultimately the Bible is applicable for us. Of course it, it is God's revealed word and it has, you know, a lot to say about our lives today and, and a lot to help instruct us in, but we miss a really significant thing, a really significant portion of what, of the meat there. It's like, if, mm-hmm. if we just circumvent that, um, yeah. anything to add to that? Yeah. Well, one of the things that I get criticized with a lot, um, that I try to push back on to be, to make sure it's understood is that like the context thing is incredibly important because what, like what you were saying before, we often, we read backwards into the text like, oh, well, this is what's going on now. So this must have been what, you know, Jesus or Paul or Jude was talking about mm-hmm. when they were talking about specific situations, like mm-hmm. very specific right now, contextual what's going on situations. And um, if we that is incredibly important. But oftentimes when I say, hey, context, 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 people go, well, that just turns it into a history book then. It's not, you know, it doesn't, does it not apply to us at all? Mm-hmm. It's just a history book. Well, it's not just a history book, but if you're talking about, um, for example, if you're using Jude, Jude is specifically talking about false teachers. He's talking about people that have come in. He's talking, he references heavily on the Old Testament. And if you don't understand all of that, like he mentions, for example, Korah as an example of what these false teachers are like. Well, if you don't know who Korah is in the Old Testament and the whole story with, uh, uh, you know, trying to subvert leadership, then you miss that whole point. And you miss what Jude is comparing these false teachers to. You miss why it's so important that he's telling these people that you should avoid these false teachers. And then you, you just, you, you kind of, you mix in a lot of extra stuff that doesn't need to be there because you're reading back into it. Um, but if you understand that context then you go, okay, well, this is what we're looking for then. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're looking for people that try to subvert leadership. We're trying to say, we're looking for people that try to, uh, to say that perversion's okay. Like, it's just like, there's so much stuff that Jude covers mm-hmm. that if you don't understand what he's pointing back to the people that he's specifically talking to, cause there is, a, there's a ton of application in Jude for us today, yeah. like a lot, mm-hmm. uh, for, for people that are in the church saying that certain things are okay. Jude speaks a lot to that. Um, but we don't really get the full weight and the full like oomph behind what he's saying if we don't understand his context, who he's talking to and what he's pointing back to. And understanding all that just brings all of that muscle and meat to the top. It goes, okay, this is a lot more serious than just a Mm -hmm. reading over. It makes it sound like this is why it's dangerous. This is why we should push back against false teachers. This is why we should be concerned and looking for people that have these sort of Mm -hmm. techniques and tactics. Um, because now like we understand what was in his head in as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can use that and apply that. And, and the word now becomes our, 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 our sword to fight back against evil. Mm-hmm. And um, if we don't get that and it's just, I mean, I, I honestly don't know if I've ever heard anybody in a topical sermon use Jude because just because of the nature of the text, it's not a happy mm-hmm. book or a happy letter. Um, but if we, if we don't get that, then it's it's a it's a cursory cursory reading that we we can just use and again like you said the me centered thing yeah. it's very easy for us to turn that into us 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 what does this look like what does this mean how does this affect our immediate mm-hmm. life and not how is this like really building into us something um, that connects us to everybody that came before mm-hmm. and that pushes the church forward even further so life is busy enough without having to figure out what's for dinner. Lacey Baumiller with the five minute meal will teach you a simple weekly meal planning system that will simplify mealtime, save you from the overwhelm of wondering what to make for dinner every night and help you prepare nutritious meals that will move the needle on your health goals. Plus your entire family will love them. No more last minute takeout. That's going to sabotage your weight loss efforts. No more making separate meals for yourself. You can actually sit down and enjoy a hot meal with your family. The five-minute meal teaches you the foundation of healthy nutrition and gives you a simple meal plan that'll help you have dinner on the table in minutes, recipes, shopping lists, and a step-by-step process to make all of it happen. 
Grab your free download from Lacey at LaceyBaumiller.com. That's L-A-C-I-B-A-U-Miller.com. And for anyone who downloads the 5-Minute Meal, you will also get a free 15-minute pantry audit where Lacey will teach you how to stock your pantry to make this process effortless. Check it all out at LaceyBaumiller.com. I couldn't help but think as you were talking just there about, (laughs) you're going to laugh, but David... Because, of course, this is just the story that gets, you know, used and abused so often. I mean, all the Sunday school, like, stories that we learn, you know, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or David, or Noah, or Moses. I mean, the ones that you're familiar with, you know, from your Sunday school class, again, the coloring sheets. I mean, I was taught the story of David as, like, basically be a David. And how many sermons are there of, you know, people basically that's the conclusion they draw is how can you slay your giants? Yeah. And in a, in a very, um, you know, performative aspect. And it's not that there isn't relevance there. It's not that, yeah, I like, I do have things that I have to overcome and I can do it with God's help. I can, you know, whether that's slaying sin or, uh, you know, family issues with my extended family or my parents divorce or whatever it is, you know, like there are things that I have to over- overcome and, and God does often use, you know, what is weak to shame the proud and, and all of those truths, but like how sad to miss the bigger picture that David is not there primarily to show us how we can slay our giants, but to show us that Jesus slayed the greatest giant. You know, I mean, but again, I didn't learn that. I didn't learn that as a child. I, di- I never, you know, sadly, I was in even a reformed church. I, I did not learn that truth until much later. And it's just so much richer. It, it's not that you take away all the relevance of the story of David for our lives. It's actually the opposite. It's like, no, it's richer than just slay the giants in your life. It's, it's like, look to Christ and see what he has done on your behalf. And therefore you can have hope that regardless of whether that giant falls to the ground, the only one that ultimately matters has been slayed and, you know, death has been conquered and swallowed up in victory. So it's like, I just, I don't know. I continually am floored by the ways that, um, we are, you know, so many people are missing, you know, the, the richness and, and the truths that are there in scripture and because of bad preaching really Mm -hmm. like largely comes down to that. And I think stories like that, and this is where I think just from uh, uh, just having put together sermons myself, I think, and just listening to a lot of really good and a lot of really bad. I think what frustrates me about when people apply it like that is that you're not going to slay every job. You're not. Yes, right. Exactly. So there's, it almost puts down other texts, other texts, for example, when, I mean, I mean, Paul's writing to some of the churches or Peter's writing to some of the churches and he goes, Hey, you're just going to have to persevere. Like mm-hmm. it may not get better, but you mm-hmm. have something better. Right. Yes. And it just puts in their head like, Hey, you got to be David swing that sword. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not David messed up a lot. So you, yeah. you're kind of going to be David, not in the yeah. same giant aspect, but in the right. really jacking up aspect. So right. look to Jesus. Yes. Um, and I think that's, what's more frustrating to me because there are people, people that I work with that have, um, that have kind of had that mentality that are like, yeah, I heard a really good sermon this week about, you know, it, it was, it was the David and Clyde thing. It was the, you know, I'm going to slay this in, in my life. Cause the, this particular gentleman was going through a really difficult time mm-hmm. and, you know, okay. It really pumped him up for that right. week right. until it didn't happen. Like he thought it was going to. And when a much better passage could have been preached on in regards to, yeah, persevere through yeah. like it, it, it'd be great if it got better. But we have so much text that shows you you actually usually get closer to God when you have to persevere, persevere through the hard times. Mm-hmm. Whenever God working out everything good for his glory mm-hmm. doesn't really look good to you, but it produces something in you that is a lot better than what you would have got if you picked up a sword and slayed whatever. Right. Like it's, those are the things that I, and I think that's where a lot of people do fall away later or do get very discouraged unnecessarily yes. because they've been given something the text has been used in a way it was never intended to be used and now they're like well what what do i do with this then so the next time it becomes less and less something that they feel like they can rely on or it has any relevance to them Mm -hmm. because you said this was going to happen and it didn't happen 
Yeah. And I'm going, that's not what it was supposed to be used for in the first place. And right. that's why it happened that way. Right. Yeah. Or they like, they heard a message that was preached that way. And then they, that didn't happen in their life, like you said. And, uh, you know, they lose faith in God because they were expecting the wrong thing from God because they were told incorrectly that this is what it means to be a conquering Christian. You're going to slay all your giants. You're going to win every battle. Uh, the vic- you know, the victory is yours in Christ. Well, it's like, yes, ultimately, but like, that doesn't mean you actually literally always, you know, beat the, beat the giant down or that the rock always hits him square in the forehead in just such a way. Like sometimes you actually slip up. Sometimes you really actually mess up. Sometimes you said the totally wrong thing to your mom and now the relationship is worse, you know? And, and yeah. then what then, where do you turn then? Like, are now are you still David or, you know? And so I think, yeah, again, this just kind of proves your point of like why this evaluating sermons and evaluating how God's word is interpreted is important because it has to do with people's souls. Like it's mm-hmm. not just yeah. about having like a favorite. It's not, a, it, this, this shouldn't be a hobby horse for people is what I'm saying. It, it often, it has become something where there's, it's very tribal and, you know, people have their guys that they love. And, and I know that that's present in our world too, with reformed mm-hmm. preachers and teachers. And I get that. Um, so everyone needs to hear that. Like it is about people's souls. It is about the truth, you know, really being preached from God's word. And, um, and I just think that there's, there's so much danger that comes in when we are more protective over the person than we are over, you know, what God's word actually says. Yeah. Well, I think ultimately, and I do want to kind of stick this in and this would be a good place to put it is that, one, like if you are getting a majority of your, and there's so many people that do this. If you're getting a majority of your, your biblical teaching or sermons from online, that's an issue. Like if you can tell me more about your favorite online preacher, than you can tell me about what you're learning from the shepherd that's actually over you. Mm-hmm. That needs to be a check on your heart. Um, because again, I mean, the shepherd that's been put over you has been put over you for a reason. Yeah. Um, and again, you, you should, you should make sure that he's preaching in a correct way. And one thing that I think people, people feel bad, I think, for taking notes or evaluating sermons, because they feel like they're like judging it. But I mean, what do the Brians do when Paul comes? They, they say, okay, we've heard you. We're going to check now. Hey, okay, it came back. Fantastic. Like you, you, you mm-hmm. line up with everything the scriptures have said. Um, and that's what we should be doing is saying, okay, I heard you. I trust you, but I'm going to double check this. And it's one of those things that I think if we do, and, and this is where I think sometimes we can get off on the wrong foot or it can be misunderstood, is that if I do, I mean, if I find something that I'm like, you know, my pastor says something, I've taken a note, I double check it. If you see something wrong, this is not the time to run in with your bat and beat him over the head. It's like, hey, I just had a question about this verse that you preached on and what you meant by this. And I will tell you, I love it when people do that to me because it's one of those things where I, I, I get to be like, Oh man. I mean, there's been more times that I would care to admit that I was like, you are right. I, mm-hmm. I was off on that. Um, or maybe I, I said something off my notes and just out of my yeah. head and I, I didn't even realize I said it. And now I get to at least, you know, correct that or kind of explain that. Mm-hmm. And I, your pastor, if you approach him in the right manner mm-hmm. on that, I guarantee you is going to appreciate that. Or if he doesn't, maybe there's bigger an problems. issue there. Yeah, yeah there's maybe, a you're, problem maybe there. you're at Mars Hill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe there's a bigger problem right. if they uh, they don't want to be addressed at all. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we're, we're called to double check that mm-hmm. what the person that's over us is saying is actually accurate to the word. So yeah, yeah that's good. Um, so do you ever get discouraged by the criticism by people? I mean, is that hard for you to see, you know, people just always fighting back and, and criticizing your critiques, you know, I mean, is that, is that hard for you or do you have like a thick skin about it? Um, well, here's the, it was at first for sure. Um, cause I was naive enough not to think I, I was like, Oh, it won't be, I mean, people will disagree, but it won't be terrible. And then it's the internet. So it's terrible. Um, and what you have to learn really, I think, I mean, ultimately, if, if, if anybody has any presence online at all that ever critiques anything, you're going to learn really fast. You might as well just 
just put that sheet metal on and just get ready to take some hits because you're going to yeah. get them. Um, and then I, what I do now, uh, honestly, it has made me a much more gracious and merciful person um, because usually um, I got checked really early on in my spirit about like, don't, don't come back as hard at them as they're coming at you. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, just, you know, just make sure you explain yourself well and leave it at that. If they don't want to hear it, they're not going to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, there's been some really good criticisms that I, I have kind of changed up how I've done these sermon reviews. I mean, mm-hmm. if you watch the first ones I did versus the ones I do now, there's been a lot of adjustments that I've made to try mm-hmm. to make sure that I'm being as fair as possible to what they're saying and not, not reacting in, in a, in a way that's very malicious. Yeah. Um, because there's a couple, I've rewatched a couple of them. And like, oh, okay, maybe I went a little crazy there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I, I think again, criticism is helpful, but if you, for anybody that gets it, I think the biggest thing people need to learn, especially online is that you're going to get criticized. It's just going to happen. Don't take it personally. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just some random stranger screaming at another random stranger on the internet. And, um, you, you just have to be able to, to disconnect from that mm-hmm. um, and know that there's some reason they're doing that. And if you yeah. want to engage, you can. And if you don't, you don't. Um, and just, just know it's another person on the other side and answer mm-hmm. as if, you know, okay, that's a person made in the image of likeness of God. They have worth and value. Focus. All right. Now let's yeah. reply. Speaking of knowing biblical truth, if you want an easy way to help your children learn the truth of God's word, check out the Basics Catechism and the Commandment Catechism available from alongside them. Their catechisms are written with simple and short answers that are easy for your little ones to repeat and remember. A scripture reference is included on each page to dig deeper into God's word together. Multiple ages can learn together from toddlers to parents. You can easily integrate this into your Bible time, family worship, right before bed. Visit their shop at etsy.com slash shop slash alongside them and follow them on Instagram at alongside them. The owners, Kira and Kenzie, are giving Kindle listeners $5 off your order of $16.50 or more when you use the coupon code KINDLED5. So don't forget to use that at checkout. You can also scroll down in the show notes of this episode for a quick link to their store. But you can find them at Etsy at etsy.com slash shop slash alongside them. For me, I think um, everything you said is so true. You are you are going to get criticism, and it's kind of just the nature of being on the internet, like you said, at all. Whether you have a large platform or not, doesn't really matter. You're going to get criticized. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get criticized on Facebook if you say, "I like apples." You're like, "Well, why don't you like oranges?" Yeah. You know, I mean, always, always that's there. But um, also to remember, like, who's who's criticism matters or counts because, yeah. I, and I know for me, and I've shared this before that like my pastor's wife follows me on Instagram. My old small group leader follows me on Instagram. My small group friends from my literal church small group follow me on Instagram. So I know that they are seeing what I'm saying, that they are evaluating me, that if there's an issue, they're going to come to me because they know me in real life. And, and I, I value what they say because they actually know me. It's not some random person, like you said, who's like, well, you said I'm insane if I do this. And it's like, no, I didn't like, I'm no, I'm challenging this idea or I'm saying this is not good, but I'm, I, you know, I, I didn't actually say that, but if that other, if the person who knows me in real life came to me and was like, Hey, I saw this, like that would take that much more seriously. That would matter to me. Um, and so just knowing whose voice to weigh more heavily, you know, in your mind is important. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's an excellent point. Yeah. I know when my pastor came to me, he's like, Hey, yeah, I watched through some of those. I like the tone. I like how he did it. And I was like, I just, I didn't think that that would hit me as hard as it did, but I was like, okay, I feel like I'm, so I'm okay. okay. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm all right. Cause if I'm going to be, if I'm, if I'm a heretic or approaching it wrong, he's going to let me know. Right. But yeah. I mean, and that's why it's important. Like you said, to make sure you have people around you. There's two guys yeah. that help me run the page that I care far more about. I mean, I mm-hmm. ask them regularly, how is my tone here? Was this something we should have done? Um, yeah. I know. If I come home and my wife's like, why'd you say this? I go, okay, maybe I should readdress that a little bit. Maybe yeah. I didn't see what she saw. Right. Um, but yeah, having those people around you that 
that actually their opinion actually matters yes uh, versus the ones that don't yeah yeah and just not not being just like let it burn you know <laughs> the elmo <laughs> meme with fire like yeah. so, sometimes we can feel like that we're like i don't care about any of you guys but yeah. we should care about someone who's <laughs> who's listening and just needs to be the right people okay so how about for someone who is in a church that you know maybe they're realizing from some of the things we've said does not maybe preach in a way that is um true to the context that they're, they're not preaching ex- expositionally or they're only getting topical preaching and they don't know how to bring that up with a pastor. Like, do you have any advice for what their next step could be? Uh, you know, maybe they're just so intimidated by it. They're like, all right, I'm just going to check out. Like, how would you encourage someone to move forward with that? Um, hopefully, I mean, I know this isn't going to be everybody's situation, but hopefully there's somebody in that church that you are close to or you trust. Um, that you can maybe start that conversation with. I, I would I would be very careful in that because some of the people, for example, that support what we do through Patreon, they they they've even noticed like through watching them. One of the guys was like, "I have to really check myself now, not to go into critique mode and go into note taking mode." And I think sometimes we can get like that, and we can just be we can vent to somebody else and be critical, but not ever like address the issue. So I think um, when we start seeing that, I, I know it can be very intimidating to approach maybe a deacon or an elder in the church or even or your pastor but i think if you see that most pastors have like an office schedule where you can you can go and sit down with them maybe maybe you're intimidating you don't want to go by yourself and you want to take somebody else that maybe sees the same thing but just i i I think leaving it and not addressing it and just like leaving the church is probably not the most biblical Mm -hmm. way to do that. Um, You at least need to get an answer of like, all right, well, this is what I see. And I'm not being over critical. I'm trying to have the right heart, but I saw this, this, and this, and this, and this, Mm -hmm. like, could you explain that to me? Like, I want to know because what that shows is that, I mean, you nine times out of 10, people are invested in their church. They love their church. They don't want to leave their body, their local body. Um, but it makes it really difficult when they start seeing that sort of stuff. So I just say like, make sure that's communicated. I mean, just be like, look, I want to talk to you about this. I need your feedback. I don't see this lining up. I feel like that was maybe Mm -hmm. not taking it. I mean, and just point out what you see and see what response you get. There will be people that will probably get very offended and be like, well, I'm, I'm this or that. And you can't say that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's pretty much a, an out for you. Um, but if it's addressed, I mean, I have seen uh, in pastor friends of mine, I've seen in my own pastor, him take feedback and I, I, I can hear it when he's preaching that he's taken that feedback in and then he's, he's now working that into how he, mm-hmm. how he preaches. Yeah. So it's one of those things that I, I don't think there's a way around addressing it. You really need to address it and then mm-hmm. just give it time. Um, see if, if you hear a change, if you see a change, it's not going to be immediate. Like it's just simply not going to be give it a nice amount of time, address the issue biblically and, um, see what happens. Um, and and then make, uh, hopefully you'll get to stay and there won't be any issues and Mm -hmm. you'll see it turn around. Um, unfortunately there, there will be times where you have to leave and go find a church yeah. that is biblical. But I would say at least give it that, that time of saying, look, I, I've done everything I can biblically as far as addressing it, going to him and see where it goes. If hopefully it changes. So, yeah, that's really helpful. Yeah. And Matthew 18 is obviously our model for, thank you. Know, you. I biblical. was so blanking on that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Biblical conflict. And uh, yeah, I, I only remembered that because of the, Uh, the teaching that I just had to write, um, for my, my program. So yes, that's, that is really good advice. And in the case that someone does have to, you know, that they do all of that and then they have to leave. I mean, obviously you said you left the church. I left the church. I mean, Mm -hmm. there does come a point where, um, wisdom would say you need to be in a biblical church. And if this church is, you know, um, unrepentantly continuing in either, preaching lies or, you know, teaching unbiblical things like, like my former church was, I mean, that's a hard situation to be in, but obviously, you know, uh, we need to be being shepherded. We need to be somewhere too, that it's, it's really hard. It's hard to leave, but I think it's honestly harder to stay in a place that you can't trust your leaders and that you Mm. don't trust and and that you're like, well, I don't want to submit to them because I don't trust that they're actually submitted to God in this. Um, 
or that they're rightly understanding what submission to God looks like. And so, I mean, that, that is obviously such a case by case thing, but, um, any wisdom there you would want to share about, you know, that, that whole thing. Like I said, I, I would make, I, I, again, it's a case by case. I think their response to that feedback is going to say a lot. Um, I would make sure I would give it some time to make, to see if that's implemented. And then if you do have to leave, that's going to be a really hard thing just to leave. And then it's going to be a really hard thing to find a new church, uh, because there's a lot. And I mean, there's church networking apps out there that kind of will maybe put you in the right direction though. Those are probably, I mean, that's not going to guarantee you anything. It's going to, you're, you're, you are really going to have to ask the people around you. Um, you're going to probably have to visit a ton of churches, um, to see, you know, what's going on. Um, and you're going to have to put your research, you know, hat on Mm -hmm. and really dig in to some of these churches. I mean, statements and ask questions. Mm -hmm. And my friend, Rob, that I do a podcast with called the Babylon pastor podcast. He he's a pastor. And one of the things he makes sure that they know he stays after for an hour after church to meet with the new people. And if like, he, he's very proactive in saying, Hey, do you want to sit down and talk to me? Ask what we believe more than happy to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just making sure you, you dig into that and asking the pastor, like, I know it yeah. says this on your site. What does that mean to you then? What does that look? And yeah. You, yeah. I know for introverted people that is going to drive you crazy. Yeah. Um, but it's in the long run, that is going to be so much more beneficial than just being like, well, this is good enough. I guess we're yeah. here now. Yes. Um, like yeah. there's, there's, you can do that with a restaurant. You really shouldn't do that with your church. Right. Uh, it's you, you really need to know that you're in a place that is going to be beneficial for you. And especially mm-hmm. if you're a mom or dad, you need to know you're going to be in a place that's good for your kids yeah. um, because they're going to take whatever foundation they get mm-hmm. uh, primarily from you, but also what they're hearing there. And mm-hmm. that's what they're going to assume is good. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that one reason a lot of people don't do that is because they don't feel equipped to even know, like, what is the right stance on a certain thing? Like your interpretation yeah. of the Holy spirit, how does he work today? How does he act? Like, what does that look like in the body and the life of the church? What are we praying for? do we expect miracles? Do we expect supernatural healings? Like there's Mm -hmm. obviously there's whole denominations that divide over that question. And some people are not even sure where they land on that, on those things. And so they're, they struggle with that, but I just want to encourage that you, if you're listening and that is you, um, God is willing and more than willing. He longs to provide you wisdom, you know, and you have the Holy spirit if you're a Christian. So, pray for wisdom. Don't forget that you have the helper within you if you are his and that you can actually ask him for, you know, conviction and, um, confirmation and just, uh, certainty that where you're at or where you are evaluating being is the right place. And it might not be the place that even necessarily feels best to you. You know, there may be things that you're like, but I don't think that they're right on that issue. And so we're not going to go there. Um, yeah. So I, I just, to, to remind people that, you know, there, there are tools available to you through God's spirit and, um, discernment and wisdom. And, um, I know that I have a friend who's, who's kind of church shopping right now. And she's like, I just don't want to be taking my kids to a bunch of different places for so long. And it's just really hard on them. Like trying new places is so, so tough. And I'm like, yeah, but it's tougher to end up in a place that you didn't look into, you know, and she's getting out of a church that is unbiblical that they were in for like six years. And I'm like, just, I know it's hard, but it is a season and it will come to an end. Um, and maybe God, maybe on the other hand, you won't have to search and you'll be like us where we left our church two years ago. And it was literally the first place we visited. We never went anywhere else because, the first Sunday, it wasn't even the main pastor he preached. It was our associate pastor, but I heard the words atone or uh, total depravity and limited atonement. And I was like, I'm sold. <laughs> like, literally, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere else. This is it. This is it. But, mm-hmm. and we had heard from friends, like there was a yeah. lot of other content that went into that decision, but it was just funny how we were still there, you know, and sometimes it mm-hmm. doesn't take a big, long search and God just pops you right down where you need to be. So Yep. However, well, that just on just an ending note for me, just again going back to the Berean thing to circle back, yeah. like be in the word. That that's the thing. I I there's so many Christians that 
I was one of them for a very long time Hmm. that just assumed that the pastor, you were supposed to tell me all the things about the Bible and that I just took them and that's what I did with it. Mm -hmm. And you're supposed to be in the, you're not going to know what you're hearing is correct or not. If you're not in the word apart from Sunday morning, if that's the only time Mm -hmm. you crack your Bible and you're not even the one reading it, then that that's not, it's not going to be helpful to you. Um, so just be in that. And like you said, so when you get into a church and you're, you're hearing things that line up with what you've already been reading and you can double check them and you go, okay, mm-hmm. this, this is a good sign at least at first, let's see where yeah. it goes. Yeah. And you're not just hearing what's being said. You actually are, are contending with it against the scripture. So, yeah. So good. Where can people find you online and, you know, watch all these sermon reviews that we've been talking about all of that. Um, if you basically, if you put in honest, uh, honest youth pastor, you're going to find me on YouTube. Um, and then same thing on Instagram. I don't really go any, I, I'm on Twitter, but that's just usually annoys me. So I don't go there a lot. Um, uh, but on, worst. yeah. So Instagram, uh, if you just look honest youth pastor, you'll find me there. So yeah. Instagram's like still sort of a nice neighborhood, you know, like Twitter is, is a very unsafe place in the city to go. It's it's not a good place. Like my you don't mental, go there my mental health suffers all the time. I just go, I shouldn't be here, but yeah. here I am again. So <laughs> yeah, it is it's that train wreck. You just you want to see yeah. the blood and guts and you you will find it on Twitter. Yeah. Um okay, well thank you so much, Michael. It's been great chatting with you and uh keep up the good work. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, thanks for listening today. I hope you have a great rest of your week. And as a reminder, you can join us inside Firestarters by visiting uh, kindlepodcast.locals.com. And I forgot to mention at the beginning, there are several free episodes inside the Locals community. So you can check it out, see what it's like, uh, get a flavor for what I do in there. All right. I hope you have a great week and I will see you next Monday. Bye.